you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning once again, Ninth Avenue family and friends. So good to have you with us on this virtual Sunday morning. By the time we finish up next week on our last Sunday of the year, we will have spent right at a third of the year on virtual uh, platforms like this. And that is a very unique situation for us during this time. But I want to commend you and thank you for the positive way that you have handled uh, the church situation over the last year. I know that it has been hard. I know that it has been difficult. We we do not enjoy uh, this type of format as much as we enjoy being together. But I am thankful that even though we're going through this pandemic, we have uh, gone through this pandemic at a time where there are tools available to us so that we can continue to worship together in spirit uh, and, and be together in that way. And, and so I, I just... You know, I just want to thank you for the positiveness that you have shown over the last several months together. And I know we're all ready for 2020 to end. There's a part of us that in our mind that helps us kind of put what's happened behind us. But I know that going into 2021 is going to have its fair share of challenges. And so I hope that we will face those challenges with the same positiveness and the same direction together as we have through this year. And if we do, I know we're going to be okay, and I know that God is going to bless us. Now, before we get into our lesson this morning, let's go to God in prayer together. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this moment that we get to just come before your throne. We get to gather around your table. You've invited us into your presence this morning, and may we just open our hearts to your spirit now as we study from uh, this next lesson from a mountain, God. We pray that uh, we will be encouraged by your word. We pray that we will be strengthened by your word, Lord, and that we'll grow closer to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, I want you to do something with me this morning. I know that the majority of you, I've got three or four guys in the room with me, and that makes this a little less awkward for me to do this, but you're in your rooms, uh, you're in your houses. I want you to do an exercise with me. I want you to just very simply breathe. Together, I want us to all, even though this is virtual, I want us to all take a deep breath together. So follow my lead. Take a big inhale. Hold that for a moment, and then slowly exhale. Now, I want you to do it one more time. Everybody, take a deep breath together. Fill your lungs, and then very slowly let that breath out. Now, together, say this with me. Say, thank you, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh, for providing us the air that we need to live our entire life. Jehovah Jireh. That, that, that name, I think you kind of get a little bit who we're talking about. If you start and you uh, read through Scripture, especially through the Old Testament, when we read Scripture, we always, when we come across the name of God, what does it say right there? It says God. It says Lord or something like that. But if you go 
when you look in the Hebrew scriptures, you will see that throughout scripture, God has many different names. He has, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 1, when we read, and God created the heavens and the earth, we read the name Elohim, which is God the creator. God the creator of the heavens, the creator of the earth, the creator of the stars and the animals. It, it is the name, the, the creation name of God. We also have the name Jehovah, at least that's how we translate it. Uh, it is the, the Greek, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew word Yahweh. It's very Similar to um, in, in in the the name of Jesus, the the Hebrew word is is Yeshua. Yet we translate it into Jesus. But Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah meaning God, and Jireh meaning the God who provides or the. Provider, And this morning, as we read our story, as we get back into our story that Tanner started for us, we are introduced to God the Provider. He shows up in a lot of different passages throughout Scripture, this particular name. But yet, maybe this is the most moving and heart-wrenching story of the God who provides from Genesis chapter 22. But now before we get to Genesis chapter 22, let's kind of set the scene. Let's, let's go backwards a little bit and let's make sure we understand where Abraham is before we get to chapter 22. In chapter 12, God calls Abraham at the age of 75 years old. And he says, I want you to leave your homeland. I want you to leave everything you know, everything that you're comfortable with. And I want you to follow me sight unseen to a foreign land. And guess what? God provided for Abraham. In chapter 13, Abram, as we know him at this point, and his nephew Lot, they separate ways. And Abram settles in the land of the Canaanites where God continues to provide for him and his family. And in chapter 15, God makes a covenant with Abram and he promises to provide him and his ancestors to be as numerous as the stars in heaven. And as time went on, Abram and Sarah had no children. So they decided to take matters in their own hand, and Abram gives, uh, uh, or Abraham becomes the father of, of Ishmael, which means God will hear. And then 25 years after promising Abram that his offspring would be numerous as the stars, Jehovah provided them a son by the name of Isaac. And at this moment, at this moment, God changes his name from Abram, which means great father, to Abraham, the father of all nations. And because Jehovah had provided him with the son, all of his promises were going to be fulfilled. All of them were going to be fulfilled. And life is good. Life is great. Life rolls on for about 15 more years. God's providing. God's taking care. Abraham is enjoying life with his child. And nearly 15 years later, God decides it's time to test Abraham. And the word that's used in the Hebrew for test literally means to test completely to show how much stress something can handle. And so he's going to try to test the character. He's going to try to cast, test the faith of Abraham. So God calls out to Abraham. And like any good true servant, as, as um, Tanner read for us, as God calls, he automatically responds with the phrase, here I am. 
God, I'm ready for you. God, I'm waiting for you. Maybe when, when, when God spoke to him, maybe he thought, hey, he's going to bless me with something else. Maybe he's going to, to make me go somewhere else. But, but I look forward to hearing from God because God always provides. But this particular calling from God was going to be a little bit different. It was going to be a little more stressful and maybe even a little confusing. Because in verse 2, God says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Now those words, those words must have crushed Abraham's heart. But once again, Abraham is committed to go somewhere and do something that he's never done before. There's no doubt that Abraham is going to follow the command of God. But this is going to be the ultimate show of commitment because a burnt offering is a total commitment to God. God gives Abraham no explanation, just the expectation. And that is enough for Abraham you know, sometimes we're not given the reason for why God wants us to go and do this and serve in that way. We just know in our hearts that that's what God wants and that's what God expects. And real faith is not only believing despite the lack of evidence. Real faith is also obeying despite the consequences. Now, I want you to notice that Abraham, he never argued with God. When he heard what was expected of him, there was no objection. Abraham simply got up the next morning, saddled his donkey, grabbed his two servants to go with him, got Isaac ready, cut the wood for the offering, piled it on the back of the donkey, and off they went. Now the journey to the mountain is going to be some 50 miles, scholars say, and it takes three days. It says on the third day, Abraham looked up, and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I go and the boy, or while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. That's verses four through five. Now, did you notice something, I think, interesting here? Did you notice the pronouns that he uses? He knows he's fixing to go and sacrifice his son, but what does he say? Does he say, we will go worship and I will come back? No, he says, we will go worship and we will come back. Abraham had the faith to believe that somehow God was going to provide and Isaac would return with him. He didn't know how. He didn't know what that was going to look like. He didn't completely understand it. But he had that type of faith. It didn't make sense to just sacrifice his son and then the promise be over. So as Abraham and Isaac are walking up the mountain together, Isaac speaks up. As dads, we've all had interesting conversations with our children, haven't we? Some of them have been funny. Some of them have been serious. Some of them have caught us off guard. But this may be one of the most intriguing conversations in Scripture. Father, here I am, son. The fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Oh, how these words must have sliced just right through Abraham's heart. And Abraham's answer was simply, God himself 
will provide the lamb for the offering, my son. But now, listen to that again. Listen to his words. God himself will provide. Jehovah Jireh, provide. I want you to let that word provide kind of sink in for just a moment. Our word provision means, um, a, the, the word pro means positive or affirmation, and vision is, is, is the word for our, you know, sight. And when you put those together, it means to anticipate what you will need before an event happens. And Abraham knew that somehow God would anticipate this need and would answer it before it ever happened. So let's keep going with our story, verses 9 and 10. When they came to the place, when they came to the place God had shown Abraham, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. And then, I don't know how he did it, but he does. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. I would imagine that there was a lot of tears that were shed in that moment that's not written about in this particular passage. He bound up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reaches out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. You know, Abraham had every intention in following this command. And with the knife hovering in midair, ready to pierce his son, ready to come down, right at that moment, an angel of Jehovah calls out from the heaven and says, Abraham, Abraham, don't you know that that was the greatest interruption in Abraham's life? The greatest interruption in his life. And once again, Abraham responds as a servant, here I am, do not lay your hand on your boy or do anything to him says Jehovah, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. You know that deep breath that you took earlier? I imagine that Abraham took one very similar. A very deep, huge sigh of relief. Abraham had passed the test. But something still had to occur. They were still there to make a sacrifice. So Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah provided. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 13. God provided. God is the God who provides for us. God would see to it that some shepherd would lose his ram that day, that it would wander over to the exact spot where Abraham would see it. The ram's horns would be caught in a thicket, meaning that it would not be bloodied or beat up and would meet the requirements of being used as an offering without defect or blemish. A worthy and acceptable sacrifice provided by God himself. God provided a way for Abraham to sacrifice to him and spare Abraham's son. The ram took the place of Isaac, a substitutionary offering, you might say. And as a result, Abraham called the place, can you guess, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah will provide. Verse 14, and it is said to this day, on the mount of Jehovah it shall be provided. Now, before we can know Jehovah Jireh, before we can know the God who provides, 
Before we can experience God as the provider, we must first be willing to obey him fully. It required Abraham to make the ultimate commitment, to take an action, to step out on faith. We don't have to fully understand why God is asking us to do something in order to surrender to God. Abraham was willing to praise God and give up that which was most important to him before he ever saw God's provision. Trust Jehovah to provide for your needs. And when you do, you will find that he truly is your provider. Jesus challenged his followers not to be anxious about anything, what they would eat, what they would wear, where they would live. If we put him first, he said, all these things will be taken care of. So call out to Jehovah Jireh by name. Ask him for his provisions. But make sure that you first have settled the issue of preeminence. Who is most significant to you? Who or what occupies the first place in your heart? When we seek to bless the blesser, let that, fall, let that kind of sink in for a second. When we seek to bless the blesser, when we're willing to obey God, even if he asks us to sacrifice the most important thing to us, that's when we discover how profound his provision truly is. When we go through seasons of testing, remember that Jehovah sees, that Jehovah provides. When the month outlasts the money, Jehovah provides. When you are overwhelmed, God sees and Jehovah provides. When you are in trouble, trust in God and Jehovah will provide. Now, if you have any doubt about this, let's look at the picture within the picture. Let's see the story maybe behind the story, the connection from the old to the new. Isaac carried wood that would be used as a sacrifice on his back. Jesus carried a wooden cross through the streets of Jerusalem on his beaten and bloodied back. Both Isaac and Jesus were obedient to death as they quietly submitted to the will of their respective fathers. Mount Moriah is where the temple would eventually be built. The very place where the blood of the ram soaked up into the wood of Abraham's offering would be the place where countless other offerings would be made to Jehovah. Some offerings for sin, some offerings for gratitude for God's provision. Biblical scholars tell us that the name Moriah is also another name for Calvary, the place where Jesus laid down his life on two pieces of wood so that his blood and his life could atone for our sins. Abraham and Isaac traveled three days to the mountain where Isaac's life would eventually be spared. Jesus was buried for three days before, the, before his coming back to life. Abraham and Isaac learned about a substitutionary sacrifice when God provided a lamb in Isaac's place. Likewise, God provided Jesus, his perfect lamb, as a substitutionary sacrifice for your behalf and for mine. God's provision is always nearby. The ram in the thicket was close enough for Abraham to see. Now, we may not be able to see God, but he is near. 
as near as the air that we are breathing right now, all you have to do is call out to him. When Abraham experienced Jehovah's provisions, he built an altar so that he would remember that day. The Lord's table, in many ways, is our Mount Moriah, where we come to remember that Jehovah is our Jireh, our provider. The Lord's table is where we come and remember God who provided us our salvation through the blood of his son Jesus and that he will always provide regardless of what we face in our life. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for sending your son to be our substitute, God, because there's nothing that we could ever do that would ever come close to that offering. No offering was ever going to remove the sin of our lives, only the blood of your son. And God, we're grateful for that. God, in this time where there's so many questions and so much fear and so much concern and doubt and, and, and lack of understanding of certain things, God, I pray that we will consistently turn to God the provider, our Jehovah Jireh God, which is you, our Father, our Creator, our Comforter. God, just help us to lean in. Help us to find that peace in you, to find that comfort in these challenging times. God, for our family that may be struggling today in a spiritual way, I thank you for, for Tanner's prayer earlier as he, as he acknowledges that spiritually people are struggling through this moment. And God, we pray your peace and your forgiveness on them, that you will give them the strength to serve you again the strength to follow you, to refocus on you, God. We thank you for every one of our church family members here, for their importance to your kingdom and to each of our lives. And God, we are looking forward to a time when we are back together as, as a family, as a community of believers. Help that time to come soon, God. Help that time to come soon. God, help us to continue to live a life of blessing, a life where we're willing to bless you through our obedience and that you're willing to bless us because of our obedience. We thank you for all of your provisions, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.